Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and I'm joined tonight by an uh, indie punk rock band uh, who've got a new record that just came out in January. It's called End of Man. It is out on Dirt Nap Records, and I'm excited to talk to them uh, all about uh, what they do and why they do it. So if you want to go down the line on the couch here uh, and introduce yourselves and what you do in the band, take it away. I'm Lindsay. I play guitar and sing, and this is Pearl. Pearl? We have hidden dogs. The most important member of the band. Holy yeah, shit. She's yeah. pro napper. I'm less interesting than Pearl, but I'm Lydia. I play guitar. <laughs> I'm Mary Joy. I play bass and do backup vocals. I'm Chris. I play drums. Great to see y'all. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. You're most welcome. How how is everyone's day today? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a Wednesday. It's okay. Yeah. I'm really excited to be with the band right now. Mm -hmm. We're all vaccinated, and this is like the first time we've like come together normally. This closely. So I'm kind of <laughs> in this like surreal yeah. like state yeah. right now. I haven't seen their actual faces without masks in a long time so i forgot chris yeah. had a mustache <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um no i feel that i am fully vaxxed as well um and uh yeah like i'm excited to start seeing the homies uh, a little more in the next <laughs> couple weeks um the only thing that sucks i don't know about any of you but i'm getting horrible allergies this week it's terrible I was actually thinking that on the way over here. I have a little bit of a sinus headache, so hmm. yeah. Not none, no one else really has allergies that much. Oh, okay. No, not, not <laughs> <laughs> two weeks ago I might have. A couple weeks ago they're bad. I'm oh, sure you're not alone though. Don't feel alone on our account. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, Mary. Um, yeah, no, I'm just sneezing a lot, but uh, the just crazy pollen season. But, but yeah, um, I'm glad uh i could be the catalyst to us uh, for all of you to be back together again um so what we talk about on mr nice guy we talk love and fear passion and creativity and first time i saw fox face was at the cooperage about two years ago now yeah it was like right at, it was like almost exactly like two years ago uh it was that deer Huff show remember that one? Oh, that was in april yeah it was fun yeah, I think Love Resorts was on that bill as well. Shout out to them. Uh, but that was a ton of fun. I That's one of the main venues I'm most excited to see shows at again. I love the Cooperage. Yeah. Yeah, I are, I wonder, I see that they're doing like weddings and stuff, but I, I don't know if they're like actually doing, doing shows. shows. <laughs> Is anybody doing shows? Um... That's a good question. Uh, As the band, we're asking you. Yeah, we don't do know. Know. A lot of backyard, like outdoor, like patio stuff going on right now, like starting to pop up a little bit. Um, I think Cactus Club is starting to do like that sort of thing. Um, the best place at the historic Pabst Brewery is starting a weekly, uh, a weekend uh, live music series. Um, but yeah, other than that, not a whole lot. Um, hopefully this summer though, 
things start popping back up. Um, yeah, what was your last show before uh, COVID, actually? Oh, jeez. Well, we can't, we backed off of a show on Friday, March 13th. I think we were supposed to play Nausicaa. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was like right when everything was happening. We just, well, Chris and I were sort of sick. Yeah. I think we actually had COVID then. Damn. Um, we, I mean, or we were recovered ish then. But. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was like literally on the cusp. I remember that um yeah but otherwise i think it was 88.9 yeah i think that was it it was like late february we played on the radio oh cool sure yeah yeah okay yeah everything just escalated so quickly like that couple weeks or so um well uh, i'm excited to talk about the new record and everything y'all are up to on what you've been up to in the last year. But first, where we usually start is we got to take it back. So um, where are, uh, so I guess we'll go down the line. Um, Lindsay, we can start with you. Uh, so where are you originally from? I'm from Appleton, but I've been in Milwaukee since 2002 to go to college. Oh. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so uh, when did you start playing music when you were younger? Where did it all kind of start for you? <laughs> wasn't that young. <laughs> um, I actually started pl- like playing an instrument because of All Messed Up. Are you familiar? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. I think the first one is in, was in 2010, I think it was. Um, and I played drums in The Living Blackouts. And then we, we stayed a band for a while, which was super fun. And then I... Um, Actually, with Mary, because I wanted to play drums and she wanted to play guitar, we got in the olives. And then to help write songs, I started on bass just to kind of like, and then guitar followed. And But I was in a band before that just singing, but all in my 20s. Most which no, no early. <laughs> singing as an instrument. Singing as an instrument, <laughs> yes, yes. But that started in like 2008, I think. So like, yeah. Lindsay and I have been playing music together for like 13 years, which yeah, nonstop. Like, there's always been a band. Okay, yeah. not the same band, but yeah, some that's band. dope. Yeah. Um, so you you didn't like grow up playing any instruments, or were you singing at all? No, I was first chair clarinet, and I was in marching band. <laughs> oh, but damn, I was fourth chair. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't saying anything about it, but um, no, I. I used to know how to read music also I don't think I could anymore but um I did that I never you know they don't have like uh they don't have girls rock and stuff when I was a, a girl and growing up especially in Appleton like there weren't a ton of female musicians much less really around like the bands or people watching so I don't know I just thought I was kind of assumed I couldn't so I just never did like it was always something I wanted. I just never thought I could. I guess. Just sure. don't think that anybody listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the power isn't you now these these days. And all messed up. Like um, I know about it, but um, so do you just like sign up and they just sort you into random people and you have like you have to like make a song together mm-hmm. like. That's kind of the the concept. 
Yeah, you can be uh, super, like never have played before or play an instrument, it really doesn't matter. And then you get, I don't know, back then, I don't know how they do it now or if they even still do it, but they just did like a drawing. So you just randomly got in a band with some other people. And then you had like, I don't know, like a month or two months or- It was like two months. Some amount of time to cr come up with like a set. It was like 10 minutes long or something. <laughs> um, the one cover. The one cover, yeah. And then there was, it, it, the whole show was at the vault in River West, which was so great uh, for anybody who remembers the vault. Um, and I was so relieved after I was done. I think I played second was so relieved because I was so nervous. I got like blackout drunk immediately. <laughs> you were a living blackout. Yes, I was living it. So, but I was very scared. But very right on point. Out. Yeah. So, who was in that band with you? Um, Jake Cornelli, who was in Static Eyes with half this couch. Not me. Um, and <laughs> Cole Gentilla. Who is also in the day lives with me and Mary? <laughs> who else? John Johnson, who is in um, Truth Dealer. Truth Dealer. And no, that was it. There's four of us. Yes, oh, okay. that was cool. it. Right on. Awesome. I don't remember. Did we do a cover? Did you have to do a cover? You had to do a cover. I don't remember what the cover was, but I'm sure it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I. Love that you blacked out. You know, you're uh, you're, you're characterizing yourself uh, after the band there. Uh, right on. Um, Lydia, let's turn it to you. Uh, so where are you originally from? I'm from Algoma, which is sort of like on the way to Door County. Oh, sure. So way up there? Yeah, east of Green Bay. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, where did music all start for you? Um, I played violin. When I was, I don't know, I started maybe when I was in kindergarten or first grade or something and played a bunch. I was never any good. Um, <laughs> what chair were you? It, it was, it was, our school didn't offer orchestra. <laughs> I took independent lessons. She was all so first and last yes. chair. I was all of the Perfect. I played, like I would drive to, my mom would drive me to Green Bay and I would take violin lessons and um, yeah. we'd have like a recital once or twice a year and it was terrible. I was terrible. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I tried to learn to play guitar in high school and a <clears throat> female friend and I would always talk about starting a band but we were the only two women that I was aware of who played like ever wanted to play punk music and none of the guys wanted to play with us and uh, I never actually really learned to play guitar and then in college I actually started a band <laughs> with um, some friends. We were called the Twits. And I sort of, you know, learned to play guitar slowly through there. <laughs> yeah, right. So kind of just got better as you went along sort of thing. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Cool>. She's not <laughs> playing right. alone anymore. So that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what brought you down to Milwaukee? Um, I went to school in Madison and... Um, Chris and I were together at that point and we were kind of bored with, I don't know, Madison's a really amazing city, but when you're in your twenties, especially then there wasn't a lot of music that we loved. It was all in Milwaukee mm. and we wanted something interesting and new. So we moved to Milwaukee. I think it was what, 2009? Do you remember? Mm, 2007. 2007. 
Oh. If we moved here to see bands, I guess. Yeah. It's as good as reason as any to get it, get over here. <laughs> That's why I relocated from the east side all the way to River West. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, right on. Uh, okay, Mary, where are you from? I'm from Stevens Point. Oh boy, okay. One, one of my best friends in the whole world is from Stevens Point. Oh, uh, Seven one five. Wait, 715. <laughs> I've been waiting to, to draw that for a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I started playing music uh, via orchestra. Also, I I was first chair celloist. Well, through nice. like fourth to sixth grade. So I mean, y'all are really flexing with these chair placements. <laughs> <laughs> We're very competitive. <laughs> Yeah, I can see. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I started playing percussion in sixth grade, and that's actually what I ended up playing all through high school. And then my junior in high school, we got a new principal, and she was going to take away the battle of the bands, and there was like this big uproar. So I had my best friend and I, we were kind of uh, just we just kind of like Lydia, like we just wanted to play music. We would like sit around together writing silly songs, but we didn't, weren't able to assemble a band at all. But then there was this outrage about the battle of the bands. And um, we ended up coming together with a couple other girls through my health assistant program. I was a health assistant in high school. And um, so we ended up like get organizing the battle of the bands and like saving it and like hosting it at a local restaurant space. And then that was um, how my first like punk band started. We were called Nobody's Housewife. We did three covers and one original song called Brown Squirrel. I've known you for so long. I've never heard this story. <laughs> and this makes total sense knowing you now today with your like organization of <laughs> ladies rock and all this stuff. Yeah. Oh, we made t-shirts. We made like t-shirts. Not surprised at all. <laughs> It's a wicked band name. I like that. We were a oh. wicked band. It was great. <laughs> oh yeah, Brown Squirrel. I first oh, yeah. Met Mary because of Nobody's Housewives. I totally saw Nobody's Housewives before I knew Mary. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't know her until years later, but like, I don't know if I knew this. No, or I knew we were. Because oh, I I'm yeah. Sure we met. Nice. And I knew who Lydia was because of the twits. So really, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and then uh, what brought you down here? Um, it's kind of a long meandering story, but basically I was supposed to go to college in New Orleans and then Hurricane Katrina hit. And so I had to evacuate. And so I came, I tried to get back to Stevens Point, but there was, I couldn't get back. There's no bus line and my parents couldn't get me. So I ended up staying in Milwaukee for a week and then school was canceled. And then I just decided to stay in Milwaukee for a semester. And then by the time I was supposed to go back to New Orleans, I did go back for a semester, but I had fallen in love with Milwaukee. I started to put roots down. So sure. um, I transferred here in 2006 and I finished my degree at UW-Milwaukee. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, what was the Milwaukee scene like in the mid to late 2000s from your perspectives? It was like the place to be. I mean, I was really sad to go to college in New Orleans, especially like starting in Nobody's Housewife, like we had played in Milwaukee like a couple weeks before I left for college. And I I just started to feel like I was finding myself because as somebody that didn't really fit in in central Wisconsin or 
in a traditional way, in a traditional social group. Um, I finally started to meet people that I felt like I connected with or saw me as a person with value. So yeah, it was, I, it kind of worked out the way I wanted it to in the end that I ended up back in Milwaukee. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it's a really awesome community. I love it. And it's kind of fun. It's cool how like you can like walk on any given street in River West and be like, oh, yeah, like saw a killer show in that basement one time. You know, it's like I've been in that house before, you know. Yeah, at that point in time, it was it was uh, very active in River West and it was a lot of basement shows. Oh, so, yeah. Very DIY and a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling we're going to have more basement shows uh, post-COVID um i feel like yeah i i would hope so at least um especially because sadly some of the venues aren't here anymore um so uh chris uh so where are you originally from uh i grew up in green bay and then uh moved to madison and where that's where i started playing in bands mostly i was in uh my first band was midwest beat and gut reactions uh and then we moved to milwaukee and kept playing in those same bands but that was like 2005 that i started playing music and then we moved here in 2007 so yeah uh, so lindsay's been here the longest yeah i guess <laughs> First chair, Milwaukee. First chair. <laughs> Last <Mom>. Yeah. <laughs> well, damn, I'm a whole I'm a whole baby compared to y'all then. I came here in 2014. Oh wow. Yeah. What brought you here? UWM. Ah uh, yeah. Um yeah, I came here. Uh I grew up outside of Chicago. Um, but yeah, I didn't really get into the music scene until like 2018-ish. Um, tell me about uh, how Foxface came to be. Like, where did, uh, tell me about the uh, inception. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this question is so uh, long-winded. <laughs> the answer, answer is so long-winded. <clears throat> This box days, um, we were, I don't know how you explain Well, it. Lindsay and I started playing music together and actually with Chris and we weren't box face yet. And then Chris was like, you guys suck. <laughs> I'm gonna go on tour with the Midwest Beat in Europe. <laughs> and then, word for word. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and then- uh, Brutal yeah. honesty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mary and- Mary started playing music with us and then we we're looking for a drummer and um we tapped our friend Mitch because of all messed up I think also mm -hmm. um and uh he was in the band for the first seven inch and then um when he left uh Chris already sort of knew the songs because we practice in our basement and <laughs> he hears them through the floor anyway <laughs> So uh, we had gotten better at this. Yeah, point. he was like, "Okay, you guys are less terrible now. I guess I'll try." <laughs> we were truly terrible at the beginning, though. In Chris's defense, like it wasn't. It was like pop songs. It yeah. was. Yeah. It was uh, poppy. I played bass. <laughs> poppy, 
don't know. Garbage. I mean, we were just figuring out, you know, what we wanted to do. Because, yeah. like, he did, like, like, real garagey bands of himself at that point. And so this was sort of different. And Lindsay would write, like, every time the two of us were just practicing for a while, and she'd be like, I wrote, like, 15 songs mm -hmm. last week. Well, I was gonna be like, huh? <laughs> I was gonna say, I feel like Lindsay, you had just like started learning a bunch of instruments. Yeah. So Lindsay had played guitar in like a Go Go's cover band, um, and then I feel like you just started writing a billion songs after that. Well, Is that accurate? Yeah. Well, it was because so it was just back when I worked in a salon, so I didn't go to work until four o'clock in the afternoon, and everyone else I knew went to work at eight in the morning, so I just sat by myself in the house. <laughs> all day learning yes. guitar and being creative i would miss those days i haven't written a song in mm, a year and some so uh COVID kind of sucks the creativity out of you at least it did for me no yeah yeah back yeah. in those days i was writing tons of kind of bad songs so that's not true I mean, oh, Lindsay, you were writing bops you were writing whole bops <laughs> If we were the band we are now and you came with similar ideas, they would have just turned into like different songs. Sure. We were just having trouble sure. formulating that. Sure. Okay. So, and like, what was the year that the band kind of formed? It was like the end of 2000. So Lindsay emailed me the demos in November of 2010, I think. Hmm. That can't be right. Maybe it was 2011. Was I think it was 2010. 2010 was almost stuck. 2008. No. No. 2010. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, together. So it's a long time. No, it's 2012. 12. That sounds you, right. you had started at this equal is an amount of time ago. Early A decade, give or take. Yes. More, <laughs> more, more time than we care to admit. Yes. We should much better at this point <laughs> all right those old songs back there's a song about a tomato tomato plant yep early girl oh yeah uh, what was your first um release as the band the seven inch no, no tape. Was there a tape yeah we made a tape actually two tapes we made tape that we did with <clears throat> logan and Milam? I don't think that came out. I don't think we did it. It was a skull on it. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember anything. And then we did a tape. <laughs> Since so long. <laughs> we did a tape for uh, what was that in Chicago? On the, in the in the lake. In the, into the lake. In, I should know the name. It's it's something <laughs> into the lake or in the lake. We don't remember anything. <laughs> so I think it was a long time ago. You know, it's just... tape label. <laughs> and sure. then the seven inch. <clears throat> cool. Um, well, have to ask where the name come from. <laughs> oh, <wait>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is questions kind of uh, attached to the <laughs> you're, you're starting something right now by asking <laughs> it. So oh, man. I'm pretty well, sure the Hunger Games had something to do with it. It did it. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> I think I think it did for some people. Those of us who didn't know about the Hunger Games, it didn't. Um, wished it hadn't. 
but we're uh, unaware. <laughs> okay, but before that, we had been called um, Ooh, Trixie Belden, or we were calling ourselves. We yeah. weren't like putting it out there though. Which is like a knockoff Nancy Drew book series, which in retrospect, I kind of like more. <laughs> oh. Maybe like, going forward. Emerging from COVID is a different name that isn't contentious. It's not really that contentious. I'm just No, we, you know, as with any band, we spent a really long time trying to name ourselves and it was really you know, it's the worst part about being in a band. Yeah. 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 I feel that. Um, sometimes you, you're a band way before you even come up with a name anyway. Like I've, I've heard that's happened before too. So um, like you have to think of a name to go on the the show poster. (laughs) Oh, oh, what do we tell them? (laughs) As who are we? (laughs) Um, yeah. This show. I bet Chris has a spreadsheet. It was at Frank's. With you? Or with Frank? Uh, Chris has a spreadsheet of all of our shows. Well, since he joined the band, right? Yeah. Okay. But Frank. he still remembers the shows, even when he thought we sucked. <laughs> was it your <laughs> No, it was at Quarters. Yeah. Oh, it was my birthday show. It was my birthday show. Oh, sweet. Awesome. He's 25. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, then we should be able to pinpoint the year there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm turning 34 this year, so nine years ago. There you go. Oh, okay. There you go. Awesome. Um, so, um, by the way, I didn't. Ask, so, where are you guys uh, coming uh, to me from right now? Where are you guys right now? My and Chris's living room. Oh, okay. Let's see, I should have asked that a long time ago, but you have a really nice place. <laughs> We're walking. Yeah. yeah. I love the uh, the the bunny picture. Is that a bunny? Oh yeah. yeah. There's the cutest things you've ever seen mm-hmm. all over their house. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Are you creep, like just enough? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's ironic that you guys are fox face, and there's a bunny right there. That bunny better watch out, fox. <laughs> um, so your so your record, you had a, a record that came out in 2017. Right? Right. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then End of Man just came out uh, in uh, January. So I guess, uh, so actually, before I ask about the record, um, I'm curious. I also meant to ask this before. So did you guys all like kind of grow up listening to punk and like garage <clears throat> rock sort of stuff? Like, did you guys kind of grow up on all of that? I did. Yeah, growing up in Green Bay, there were tons of shows uh, at the Concert Cafe in Green Bay. Like every band that came to Milwaukee would go to Green Bay also as part of their tour. So I got to see like Teen Generate and, you know, all these great bands that would never otherwise come to Green Bay, but there was a good scene there. Probably what Milwaukee was in you know, 2000 or whatever, the same. Lindsay, did you? Um, yes, but I didn't, uh, until I was in college, I didn't never went to sh- like a show or anything. Like a few, but not, my mom wouldn't let me go to Green Bay. <laughs> 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 yeah. So I didn't go to a ton of shows. In college, 
uh, then no, I started going to like basement shows and stuff. But cool. I listened to it. I get to live a lot. Yeah, I got you, Mary. Yeah, I did. I was like, uh, I listened to ska music <clears throat> in seventh grade, and then I met my best friend Miranda. She was also into ska music, and we were the only kids in the ska. Um, but then in eighth grade, she gave me a Ramon CD and a magazine with Sid Vicious on the front, and she said, read this. <laughs> That's what I view as my turning point. Yeah, there you go. I think there's only like one ska band I know in Milwaukee. Like, something to do? Yeah, it's something to do. Yeah. A lot of shows at the Mission Coffee House, which was really instrumental to me getting into music and staying in Oh, music. cool. Yeah, for sure. Bands would come up and play at the Mission Coffee House. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. Ska's not something I really like um, sit down and like listen to, but the, the shows are. Like that, right? What's that? <laughs> like a skank to it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's um actually just they just released a new song, uh something to do. And I covered it on Breaking and Entering today. It's called This Year's Been a Kick in the Nuts. That's what the song is called. That's a good description. I think it's amazing they're still doing music because I had that their C D that they played in Cedar's Point when I was sixteen or seventeen. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And those guys are half my lifetime ago. <laughs> Forever keeping track of the math. <laughs> yeah, and those guys are like no sign of stopping. Like they're still, they still loving what they do. Um, cool. So, uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about End of Man. So, for one, so like, how long was this record kind of like in the works? Like, I imagine like you guys had this um, in the works like well prior to COVID. Yeah, kind of COVID. Yeah, all of it was done before COVID. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the last thing we did before COVID was we finished recording and then COVID happened. So we're just really grateful. I'm grateful. We recorded the first, like one half of the record was recorded almost a year before the other half, though. I think it was like in 2018, actually. Yeah, it was like October. Like half the songs were recorded a year before, and then the other half were like, I want to say written and recorded within the six months before COVID. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's so like three rush jobs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there were some rush jobs. It turned out really great. Yeah, one of the songs I hadn't, I don't know if any of us had heard the actual words. Yeah, yeah, we're recording them. It was the first time they had heard the melody of the song because we hadn't even like played it all the way together before we're recording it. Yeah. But, um, that's, um, what are we calling it now? not your home not your home which is the first single yeah <laughs> oh, yeah that's the one with the that's the video where you guys are like in the haunted house right Mary's yeah. Just yeah. Mary's house. yes that was my house <laughs> totally yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i enjoyed that we enjoyed that a lot yeah <laughs> um looks like that was a lot of fun to make Yes, yeah. it was like I want to say like eighty five degrees it though, really and with the masks on, it was just like very hot. But it was it was like the first thing I think we did together in like yeah. six months. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't do and we didn't practice, we didn't do anything. So, but Chris did the shooting of that, and, and you do made the whole video. Yeah, did I you enjoyed that. Oh, okay. 
I want to take your credit if you did stuff. No, no. Okay. It's all Chris. <laughs> I think I moved some. Okay, let me move some things. <laughs> hey, that's important. That's some hard work. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean this this record kicks ass. I really enjoyed listening to it. Um, I it's just full of uh, um, a lot of vigor and uh, attitude. And um, I remember like writing it up. I wanted to like. I was like having trouble finding the specific words I wanted to uh, uh, apply to it. But um, where does, so tell me about like kind of where the title came from, End of Man. Like what's what's the story behind that? Well, this song is about like, it's basically like we can all just keep ignoring the environmental issues that are going on and keep, um, you know, being divided in other ways, but at the end, we'll all, all die of, you know, pollution or <laughs> bad air or bad water. Anyway, it'll be the end of humans. Um, but it, like, in context of what's going on, and like, I guess who we are as a band too is, is it, obviously it has like a feminist undertone to it as well. Because I do think that um, I am hoping anyway, like when music does come back, it's not going to be so much men, <laughs> just men, just yeah. people, just straight people. It's going to be a lot more, um, I guess it's like you can replace the word man with end of white. <laughs> uh, what's the word? Though? End of privileged like, people, like oh, heteronormative like, patriarchy, yeah. whiteness. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully there's just more um, room for everyone else, like when we're when things exist again. <laughs> of course, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and vessels kind of touches on that kind of stuff too, doesn't it? Yeah, um, I. It, it's as I don't know. I don't know how you feel, but I feel like we're kind of similar boats where we're I'm at like 37 now I think whatever second unmarried childless so like a lot of times you feel like society kind of makes you feel like you're reaching the end of your um your worth <laughs> like you don't after you don't can't have kids anymore you're just kind of like well you missed the boat your whole you're kind of pointless now so um that feeling that's what I guess vessels is because a lot of people say really horrible things to people who don't have kids even if they mm -hmm. are specifically not trying to have kids or they can't right. and they say some really weird things to people like they apply like your worth as as a as a person in society to whether or not you're having kids which is yeah fucking ridiculous yeah. <laughs> um tell me about a uh, slow burn a little slow burn. Uh, <laughs> um, Foxy doesn't write a lot of uh, love songs. Actually, sorry, let me back up. Foxface has never written a love song, <laughs> at least in this iteration. Um, this isn't a love song. It's like, but I usually don't sing about my relationships. But um, I don't know. I guess I just did with this one. <laughs> what? Whoops. <laughs> Um, yeah, usually, I don't know. I usually don't, but, um, I don't know. I told this guy to write a song for him, so. Oh. 
cute. That one's <laughs> yeah. that was a nice one. Well, it's, not, it's fine. It's actually pretty nice. It is pretty nice. It's, you know, it's not a love song, though, so. For sure. Gotcha. So ben, if you're listening, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, um, not this bad. Not you, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, what if it would have been you? That would have been so awkward. <laughs> I'm about to tell you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did my best. <laughs> um, so about that one. <laughs> uh, how about SWF? Tell me about this song. Does anybody else want to give a crack? I don't even remember what it's All right. <laughs> um, SWF is about me uh, as a, a single white female. And it's about like you, with the day you realize that, because you go, you're like, I'm a feminist. And, you know, at the day you realize that you're just as big of the problem, like you're not being inclusive, you need to make room for other people. And like, feminism can't just be you and all your white girlfriends like it hurt like it hurts the day that you find out but like you have to like move on and do better and just accept that like you could make more room tomorrow or be more inclusive next week so because I mean you can't fault forever you just have to do your better best to change I guess and do better so. yeah I don't think of it as like the process of like like just the unveiling of you like you keep learning about stuff you keep learning and as long you could either take that defensively or you could be open to yeah. uh, changing and adapting and being more inclusive so like it's gonna hurt when you find out it, it, it's it's hard I guess it's saying that the learning is hard but if you put in the work like that's what is necessary I think a lot of people that's what they struggle with like white privilege because yeah. it hurts to admit or like say that yeah I do but I'm gonna do something with that information now instead of just being like no I don't that's not a thing and like deflecting right. you have to take but it no I've I've had a hard life but it's like yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take away from that like you you know your problems but it's like your color, the color of your skin as a white person has never like affected you societally, like oppressed you, like, you know, right. yeah. Like, yeah, they make it, yeah, like they take it so personally, but that's something that I feel like definitely has been a conversation for a very long time, like as a society, but especially like this past year, you know, like when, you know, the, these instances of racism and police brutality like are so like uh they're under a magnifying glass you know thanks to like social media and information passes around like we're a lot more conscious of like whiteness and and therefore like and it's important to accept that like unlearning like whiteness is a very like everlasting oh. <laughs> Your dog hates racism too. Yes. <laughs> He's really emotional about it. Yeah. Cool. But I think about like Milwaukee in like 2007 too, and I just there wasn't the awareness, no, the consciousness of this, and just 
like so much has changed and that in itself is a process like it's kind of like just your mind is like you know i've gone through my own process where it's like what i just didn't know and it, you kind of start incredulously you know and then you slowly work from there to be like oh like i get it now like i never thought about it this way before but now i get it and especially i think we all grew up in you know northern wisconsin in smaller towns so um speaking for myself i came with a lot of ignorance and just mm -hmm. being super yeah. naive and i had a lot to learn and it's yeah. been a process but it also takes like being open to learning and i feel like collectively as a scene we've come a long way within the past couple of years definitely yeah i i appreciate you saying that like i think that we've had to really be uh aware of like uh the space we're taking up and having those conversations like you know when is appropriate for us to talk and when not to that is something that you know are going to make mistakes about but the important thing is that like like you said having an open mind and listening and like just learning from those that whose voices need to be amplified more than ever right now speaking about all this so you said all like pretty much all this record was written before covid right Mm -hmm. I'm sure that like, you know, a lot of these, it's interesting how like a lot of these themes that you're talking about on this record, you know, talking about patriarchy and creepy men and whiteness and stuff like that, like, especially with like a lot of what has happened this past year and how a lot of like more radicalized conversations have happened. It's interesting how like, you know, I'm sure like a lot of the, like a lot of things you're talking about, like on the record, we're so amplified more than ever right now. So it's like, these are very relevant things that just, you know, got so much more affirmed in the last year. Yeah, um, for me, the, I think the big one for me was uh, Haunt You, which is one of the oldest songs I think on the record. Oh, I think yeah. that one may have existed back when Spoil and Destroy. And like just missed it. Just missed yeah. it. <laughs> um, but everything that happened like with burger records and stuff over the summer to me and i'm sure to most people is zero percent surprising at all um because i still struggle personally with like not doing like i remember talking about the milwaukee scene back then I mean, there was young girls that hung out and it was just normal, like the things that were going on and nobody said anything about what was happening. And it's not, okay. it, what happened wasn't okay and it's still not okay, but like, it, I didn't do anything. I definitely didn't say anything. I didn't, I probably said some horrible things about those girls. Like, and it's just like we were talking about before where things are so much different now. Things are in a different focus they're framed differently we need to think about things differently and do better and that song is about my personal guilt about not saying anything or doing anything about it when it was like happening right in front of me mm -hmm. absolutely yeah I appreciate you sharing that Lindsay yeah uh what did the rest of you think I was gonna add that uh we, we weren't sure if we were gonna put the record out like when quarantine started and because it was done and uh it seemed like we we're just gonna let it sit but then like the label asked about it and 
We're like, oh, it does seem like a good time to put it out. And all the themes are pretty relevant. And it seemed like a perfect fit to call it End of Man when the pandemic was first happening. And it seemed like the end of man, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've had kind of an uncanny timing with like our content because that was sort of a a joke at the beginning when we were talking about it was spoil and destroy came out like during the Donald Trump presidency and we had sort of some topics on there surrounding that that were just being played out you know in the public dialogue and then now end of man came out and it also felt just kind of on the pulse Mm -hmm. but it really just I guess we just always say that we write about our experience like we're never trying to make like a be a political band or make a big statement or whatever it's just like writing about our experience but I guess our experience is political I mean Mm -hmm. yeah I know exactly like I know what you're saying yeah And, and like yeah it's it's really been very transformative in the last couple of years just how a lot of these societal conversations have like you know where we're, we're rethinking the way we approach empathy for for victims of oppression and violence i think a great way to do that is through art and through music and especially music that's very energetic and powerful and grand in in, in like in presentation so um yeah, I mean, it's like y'all definitely said a lot with this record, and uh, I really admire it. So, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> hmm. um, so, uh, tell me about like Dirt Nap Records. Uh, so, how'd that all happen? Sup, Ken? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, actually, uh, we went on like a this is not very economically savvy, but it was fun. We booked a weekend West Coast tour, which is like I said, we went to visit a friend. Okay, yes. Um, And then we booked some shows together out in Portland, and then we ended up playing in Olympia, Washington, and Seattle didn't work out. So we played two Portland shows and one Olympia, Washington show. And um, there was one rainy, Portland day where we decided to go to Green Noise Records and drop off our seven inch, uh, the teenage book and seven inch. And um, the power was out in the neighborhood that day and everything was dark. And we still decided to walk into Green Noise Records and Ken was working. And as the, everyone in the band makes me talk sometimes. So (laughs) I went up and I introduced myself to Ken and I bought some records and I gave, slipped them the, the um, seven inch from us. And then he had recognized like uh, Kyle Motor, who we recorded with in Madison, his name on it. And that was how we first met Ken. It was totally like, a, oh, hey, we should we should go talk to Ken at Greenhouse Records. We're super nervous. In the most about, like, awkward way ever in like a dark, totally silent record store, record shopping silent. Oh, yeah, because there's no music so playing. Because oh, there's no- yeah. And there was, it was, yeah, it was dark. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Wow! Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so that's how it. That's how it kind of came to. That's where the connection occurred. A few years later, when we were putting out the record, well, um, we didn't. We weren't. 
Well, well, when we were shopping around, the it was less we, than we a year later. Was it that? I have no concept of time. Yes, within <laughs> the year. Uh, Chris actually emailed Ken because he knew him a little bit from Midwest Beat, maybe. I don't know. Mm. That one was Ken is from Madison originally, so I met him there. Oh, okay. Okay, so Chris emailed Ken, and he um, happened to be moving back to the Midwest. And I think like the timing of the record and the fact that we are from, he was moving back to Madison, we are from Milwaukee. I don't know, he went for it. <laughs> I just remember being at work in my cubicle and getting an email from Chris that Ken wanted to like meet with us. And I made like a outward yell noise <laughs> at my desk and, my, and all my coworkers turned around. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <"Sorry."> <laughs> this is so exciting, this is so awesome. I remember meeting Ken at Collectivo upstairs. It was like the week before I gave birth and I was like super pregnant. And I was like, oh cool, you're gonna put out a record. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very weird. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's awesome. So um hi, well, shout out to Ken, shout out to Dirt Nap Records. Yeah. Um DJ Net X-ray on Saturday. Just extra shout out to Ken. <laughs> Oh, go. Right on. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Um, Thinking about going. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? Sadly, this won't be out by then, but I do. Yeah. <laughs> that's another great play. Yeah. Big shout out to X Ray, too. Um, can't wait to see shows there again. So the records, uh, excuse me, artwork features. It's Is that like a dad? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like a family it looks like like running into this like red void um with some uh very low saturated uh vegetation uh in the <laughs> foreground so uh, yeah i yeah tell me <laughs> there you go perfect yeah oh wicked nice i'm glad you guys had that on the end. um where, so yeah, where where that uh, the where was the concept of that? Uh, I I designed it, but it, it basically we wanted something that was like apocalyptic looking, and so it's a collage of two photos that I took, and then people are from an old um, National Geographic book that I found at the thrift store. So the front, like all the flowers and stuff is all the vegetation and from our, the front, our front yard. And then uh, the background is like a stormy day or something. I took a photo outside and- Isn't it a tree? Yeah, and it's a tree inverted. So it's just a bunch of different pictures basically. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. It's, I think it, it uh, suits the the nature of the record. Uh, nope. The photo but, is uh, nineteen seventy two baptism or something like that, like being washed in the water. Oh, dope. Yeah, yeah, I really like it. Well, it turned out really creepy. Yeah, <laughs> altogether. <laughs> For sure. It, well, it's it's very like vibrant. You know, I like. Uh, I think that the. Um, various shades of red like are just so explosive 
where red is commonly the color that is associated with rage and anger. And I think it's kind of like, you know, this, this little family that's like running into this red void is kind of like jumping into uh, the end of all this bullshit that we've been putting up with, huh? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Love it. Fantastic. Um, and actually, if you've seen any, like all of our records, even the seven inch or Chris wasn't in the band, t-shirts, everything, Chris, Chris designed all of it, like everything. Even screen printed the first round of shirts in the record, the seven inch. <laughs> yeah, the seven inch is really cool, black paper with gold ink. He did that in our basement. Now that the record's out, uh... Do y'all have anything uh, coming up or planned? Or are you working on anything new right now? Well, we played a couple of shows. <laughs> um, we played an X-ray arcade show. It was their first um, pizza bagel. Oh, cool! Video yeah. thing. So I, I love that they're doing that. That's yeah, really really fun. Sweet. Yeah, like made my February. The oh. bagels are really good too. Oh. Okay. <laughs> You can uh, probably download that still if you're interested. Um, and then we did a, a 91.7 um, local live recording too, which was neat. Um, which I assume again is archived and can be accessed. <laughs> uh, and then we recently-ish recorded for a festival. Midwest Music Fest. Um, we recorded, what was it? Do we do four? Three songs. Three. Yeah. Um, so they're working on making some videos and mixing that. And I don't know yet when that'll be available, but that'll be coming up in the future. Um, and both the 91.7 and the Midwest Music Fest thing were recorded at The Ring, mm -hmm. just doing a lot of show and production activity through COVID. So we are, we are intending to start planning how we could do like an outdoor record release show this summer mm -hmm. but we haven't started pretending to plan <laughs> that yet so <laughs> yeah i feel like we're in like a crucial like transition right now where like we all just like became fully vaccinated and so we're in a room together for like the first time since then and like yeah so what's happening now you know like mm -hmm. we're facing forward and we're not sure what that looks like yet and I'm still in COVID time, so I don't know what year it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, last last year still feels like 2019. Well, things will happen when things happen. You know, yeah, we're, we're hoping to outdoor shows on um, the summer when things get started. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I feel like there's just a lot of like mechanisms that need to like work in harmony, and so. We could start practicing again, but then our shows happening. Like, how do you know how do we book shows? It, yeah. Like, our venues open. It, there's just a lot that we're just kind of living in the moment, living in the now, waiting to see what happens. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's kind of like a period of limbo. Still waiting on every on others to get vaccinated as well. So uh, that will take some time, but. Um, Right on. Uh, well, uh, while I have all of you here, I would love to, I guess, uh, so so some of you are, are, maybe all of you, are in other projects too, and I'd love to hear a little bit about a update on anything else uh, y'all are working on right now. Um, so, Lindsay, are you doing anything else right now? No, 
The only project I'm working on is a retaining wall in my backyard. <laughs> Sweet. That's Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> Real well, over here. Yeah. Well, that. <laughs> We've never heard that one before in my interviews. This is literally the only project I have. I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> well, let, let me know when uh, you're doing shows for that. And uh, I'll okay, put a show on that retaining wall. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, Lydia, how about you? I'm growing some seedlings. <laughs> this is like, it's not <laughs> what I meant. Yeah, I don't have any other uh, band things going on. Good luck on your seedlings. <laughs> um, Mary, I know you're playing, you play with Sabre and Carlisle, and uh, I know that you, hey! just, <laughs> and you just did a, uh, you, you didn't you all just do like a virtual performance at uh, X-Ray? Yes, we did the thing that Foxface did back in February. And so we just did it again on, uh, what day was that? Sunday. Yeah. What year? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so I just had a, a pizza bagel recently and I actually like, remembered how good they were. But yeah, we just started practicing in April. So we didn't do like anything over uh, COVID and we didn't know if we were going to afterwards. And then conversation started and we got a practice space and so yeah, we just started practicing and we're going to be recording um, in, oh my God, time is really hard, uh, July. <laughs> so yeah, watch out for that. <clears throat> Plain State Fair. <laughs> oh, fun. Because yeah. it's happening, apparently. Like 71% of people want State Fair to happen or are going to attend, so. All right, fried Oreos, let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's exciting. Yeah, I just texted Sabre, I was like, give me uh Sabre and Carlisle shirts for sale and she was like we have one XL left and I was like damn I'm a large but I'll get your next run when that next time y'all got shirts uh look we'll at merch right now but none of the bands got what you needed <laughs> I know I've, I've been uh it's been a uh, sort of a uh something I've gotten into collecting local band shirts uh of bands I like and appreciate in the last year it's without shows you know it's like kind of my way of trying do my best to support people like while we can so um yeah uh chris how about you uh i really don't have anything going on besides box face stuff i'm also in a band called long line riders oh yeah uh, but we have we're not doing anything right now i appreciate all of you coming on the show today to hang out, talk about what what uh, went into the most recent record, as well as a little bit more about Fox Face in general. It's great to see everybody here. Yeah, thanks, yeah, Eric. Thank you thanks. for having us. You bet. Uh, it was like in the middle of winter, and things were still confusing. And now it's you know April twenty eighth seemed really far away, and now here we are, and <laughs> just life's a lot better than it was whenever. Yeah, we that's great. That's true. <laughs> yeah. It ended up like I thought I wasn't going to be able to get the vaccine until like the summer or something, you know, but I'm really glad that uh, our state was uh, pretty good about it. So, um, so on our way out, I ask everyone the same two questions. Uh, so we're going to go around and um, you can keep it brief if you'd like. Chris, I'll start with you. Uh, what keeps you up at night? Oh, geez. 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, drinking too much. <laughs> yeah, that gets me sometimes too. That's about it. Yeah. It's interesting how it either keeps you up or it knocks you out, you know. <laughs> uh, Mary, what keeps you up? It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, uh, what keeps you up at night? Oh, lots of ideas. My brain's really active. And if I like start to research something too close to bedtime, like if, even if I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna go look up this one thing. If it's yeah. like clock, like then my brain will just, it'll like connect dot to dot to dot. And then I can't sleep. Yeah. I can't do that anymore. I'm trying not to. For sure. Yeah, those, uh, those Wikipedia rabbit holes, I go down those sometimes. Yeah. See what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Lydia, what keeps you up at night? I just get like anxiety and then anxiety on that anxiety, like anxiety rabbit holes. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I feel that too. Um, about the world? Yeah, about the world or like if I watch something that has like tension in it, I'll wake up. That, like I'm having weird tension dreams about like we're not even about what I was watching but it's like the same feelings I was having when I was watching it I don't know <laughs> it's yeah for sure yeah no I for me it's a lot of I'll have anxiety rabbit holes about money and like my finances and like will I be able to afford to live here in three months you know shit like that you know Lindsay what keeps happening I was trying to think of something like that was like mentally, but honestly, me and Pearl fight all night because she just <laughs> she has to press up against me. It's the most annoying thing. It's like physically cute. <laughs> For sure. That is adorable. Well, the second question is a flip side of that question. Chris, what puts you to sleep? Too much. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I've been getting into all these different hobbies during quarantine, and uh, that's helpful. I don't know. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I I feel that like kind of like yeah, just finding new little pastimes to you know for some clarity i got back yeah i got back into uh bird watching this past oh. year yeah and now it's not necessarily what puts me to sleep but it definitely wakes me up when you know i'm hearing birds out my window and it's like now i know which ones are like which birds i'm hearing right like, right when i wake up it's kind of cool it's it's a piece of contention in our house because i can't <laughs> identify <laughs> Any birds. I don't know what. Whoa! <laughs> okay. but he's like, it's a red bird. Like a cardinal? He's like, no. It's yeah, a cardinal. Yeah. No, he's talking about a purple fish. But I don't know any of their names. <laughs> but he's like, look at that bird with the orange on it. He was talking about a robin. He didn't know a robin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys fighting about birds, though? I mean, not like fighting. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I can tell. He just like learned a few <laughs> <laughs> Can't you just learn a bird? Come on. <laughs> yeah. 
That's funny. Yeah. Oh yeah, those those ones with like the orange brownish breast that hop around the grass. That's a robin. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, that's funny. Uh, Mary, what puts you to sleep? <laughs> if you're more of like an auditory or a visual learner uh, or listener um and I'm definitely more of an auditory one like it's so hard for me to read a book um, I am going through that I actually I haven't listened to a lot of podcasts usually like tons of people have recommended them to me and I've been like oh I don't really listen to podcasts but I just started like within the past couple of weeks only at night when I'm trying to not turn my research brain on and um yeah. Yeah, it's it's different, but I can't do podcasts and read. It's like too much. So it's like yeah. one another. Yeah, for sure. Same. Yeah, like I read the Communist Manifesto a couple months ago. It was like the first time I've read a book in like such a long time, and it was so hard to even do that. You know, yeah. like because I just find I find myself like getting distracted and skimming over the same paragraph like seven times. Um, yeah, I need to listen to. Or podcasts. Oh. I'm a podcaster that doesn't listen to podcasts. What are you gonna say? <laughs> well, you're doing you're doing podcasts. I just remember the last book I read. I was like blanking. I was like, wow, no one's asked me a question about like my reading habits. Um, so you've been publicly shamed by John Ronson is the last book I read. Oh, okay. Cool. Very interesting. Meditation son. Oh sure. And social media. So oh dope. Okay, cool. Um, Lydia. Let's see to sleep. Um I don't know. That app Chris has that like makes all the random noises. Chris loves really annoying things like real loud when I'm trying to fall asleep. Hey, bird noises. Don't. What is the That would be a good idea. I keep wanting to listen to like to learn bird sounds. Like I can identify most a lot of birds, but I can't buy what that airphone calls. So. Uh, we do like new, like crosswords before bed sometimes. Chris has a like a New York Times crossword app, so oh really sure, fun. yeah. We do those on tour too, and they're really fun. Nice. Free sleep activity. Well, if you uh, need uh, any uh, bird call or bird watching uh, tips, uh, I'm your guy. Love to help. 
<laughs> what do you what do you listen to learn bird calls do you have a podcast or a <laughs> you know it's kind of like a it's a weird like um nerdy thing but so actually my like my dad is a huge bird watcher um it's something he's done his whole life so he actually raised me with it um so he had like a cd rom uh when i was a kid like when i was little like a, a cd guide of like north american birds and uh, you know like you know i would play my computer games and stuff like that but honestly like i would also sit on the bird guide uh when i was like four or five years old and i would listen to bird calls and i thought it was super cool and fun and uh i so i kind of like grew up just kind of learning it um and it's it's a lot to know but it's it's super interesting and um i kind of felt like when i was like growing up i kind of felt like it was like a weird nerdy thing and didn't really like share that with anybody but like this past year i've like kind of leaned back into it and uh been I actually just got a loon tattoo on my leg it's supposed to symbolize like my appreciation like the loon's one of my favorite birds so um yeah i mean there's this whole web this websites with like every bird call i can send you some if you want yeah i, I look like I, I just was my parents always listen to those like remember they have one with like tree frogs or something like on like oh, record. Yeah. um but i didn't learn any of them and i was like is there some is there, is there, is there like a bird thing on spotify i can just listen to like that See, that would be that would be handy that would be great because then I could send you a whole playlist of like. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> yeah. Playlist right. of bird songs. Because sometimes yeah. I'll come up like we were out north last summer. There was this crazy bird that sounded like, I don't know, like the gluten Zelda or something. I don't remember what it was. But I looked, I figured it out at the time, you know, based on Googling like Zelda flute bird or something. What was it? Oh God! <laughs> what was it? I don't remember. Oh. I forgot. <laughs> that's the problem. It's all the flute bird. Yeah, probably. Like a some sort of thrush or something. Oh, okay. Fascinating. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's crazy. How like yeah, like the internet can somehow lead you to the right place just like that with a couple keywords, you know. Um, also, I love that we're talking about this right now. <laughs> Um, Lindsay, what puts you to sleep? Um, I guess reading too. I never used to read, but during COVID, I just felt like a piece of shit. So I was like, I'm going to do better stuff. So I would like read before bed instead of watching TV. Right now I'm reading, it's a biography of, so Pope Innocent the 10th. He's, I guess, like, it was known that he basically was run by this rich woman. So they called her, like, the first female pope. She made all his decisions for him. Like, she made, he ran everything past her. Like, she got to make, like, she appointed all of his, like, cardinals and stuff. And um, it's, it's interesting. So, but I do get very tired when I read it. Yeah, for sure. On. Well, once again, thank you so much for being on, Mr. Nice Guy. Um, this was a lot of fun, and it's great to see all of you. Um, I This has kind of been my way of seeing people, like, this whole past year. So, uh, yeah, really appreciate you coming on the show today.
Thank you. Thank you for having us. Hope to see you in person. Yeah. Something cool soon. (laughs) Me too. I can't. (laughs) I I'm stoked. Um, Yeah, no, I really am. Uh, I hope it's a good summer. I hope, uh, uh, be good to see some outdoor shows for sure. So for everyone watching, I'll be tagging like the Fox face and if man goes stream it everywhere. Um, do you have any vinyl left? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But it's getting low though. Our right? band, band camp. Yeah. Very low supplies. <laughs> Go grab your Fox face vinyl before it is too late. Uh, <laughs> hopefully by the time this is out, you'll still have some, uh, but Thank you for watching Mr. Nice Guy. We will see you next time.